Welcome to Holistic Sex Ed Radio, where we are changing the way parents talk to their kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe in our rapidly changing world. You are your kid's best source of information and primary example. In these thought-provoking conversations, Robin and her guests seek to improve your relationship skills, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. Now, here's your host, Robin LaCrosse. Hey everyone, welcome to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. I'm your host, Robin LaCrosse, and today we are going to be talking about leadership. We have had lots of leadership on display these days, and we've had examples of great leadership and really bad, poor, weak, disorganized leadership. And so we can see the results of what happens when you have a good leader and what happens when you have a leader who is sending all sorts of mixed signals and craziness and chaos. So yeah, you know, leadership is so important, even right down into the family unit. Parents may not think of themselves as leader, but yes, indeed, you certainly are. And leading with power and purpose, with clarity, direction, and consistency is so important to the people around you who depend on your leadership. So it's my great pleasure today to introduce to you James Robolata. He is an author, speaker, coach, and entrepreneur. His book is titled leading imperfectly. He speaks international to willing and unwilling attendees about authenticity and vulnerability in leadership and life. His clients include American Express, GE, and others. He's also an experienced stand-up and improv comedian, so today's conversation should be very interesting, I am sure. He's a life coach, and he hosts his own events a few times a year, multiple times a year, and they're today events called Living Imperfectly Live, and they're a safe space where humans of every walk of life can come together and be part of a community in the pursuit of badassery. The goal is to help attendees start living the life they say they want to live. And, you know, honestly, that is so important. And I think, you know, empowering kids to dream about the future and give them the tools to create the life that they really desire is so powerful. So, James, thanks so much for being here today. It's a real pleasure to have you on the show, and it's great to see you again. I'm excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Yeah, so, James, parents are like the most important leaders, and a lot of us, you know, a lot of parents don't think of themselves as leader, and I know with our current events these days, we've had some really great examples of leadership and some really not so great examples of leaderships and all the chaos and confusion that comes when you don't have a leader who's being very clear on, you know, like what the goals and directives are. So can we, can we just talk a little bit about all of that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you're right. I mean, the, uh, the world is in a fascinating place right now. And it's, it's interesting when you see someone like, uh, uh, it, um, we, we won't dive too deep into politics here uh, uh, just because it's a dangerous subject. But uh, like, just to mention a name, like Mario Cuomo, um, he's someone that the rest of the country could have given two craps about, <laughs> uh, you know, a few months ago before this whole thing. Right. Um, but one thing that he has done um, has spoken with clarity and taken responsibility, which are the two, I think, two huge things, as you mentioned, clarity, and on the back end, taking responsibility. When leaders don't take responsibility, responsibility, uh, you start to lack trust in them because you're mm -hmm. like, are you, 
you're trying to be seen as perfect when in fact uh, you are not. And there's a lot of power in showing those imperfections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really true. Um, I know one of your things is you talk about leading imperfectly. And so tell us more about that. Like, what is that about? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it sounds like a kind of interesting concept, especially when leadership is so stapled to our ego sometimes. Um, and when I talk about leading imperfectly, it kind of comes down to the, uh, the concept of authentic leadership, which is another one of the traits of uh, one of the types of, of leadership that you can possess. Uh, it's like servant leadership and stuff like that, but it's one that you can do with the others. But for me, when I think about leading imperfectly, it's really about this idea that we should lead through our slips our struggles, our falls, um, and and make sure that we're telling the story. So many people uh, have been through so many things, but yet we don't share the story of how we got there. It's kind of like there's a lot of value in hearing an entrepreneur's story that doesn't sound like, well, I had an idea, and then I got raised a billion dollars. Or it's like, well, I, I applied for this job, I got it, and then uh, three years later, I was a CEO. What happened in those three years is actually the powerful thing. Um, and, and so authentic leadership is sharing that story, whether it's sexy or not, <laughs> um, right. for how you actually got to where you got to, because that is where other people see themselves. Um, and there's a lot of power in relatability. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's, it's really powerful for a leader to acknowledge that they don't have all the answers, that they don't know. You know, I mean, there's, there's power in that authenticity and that honesty. Yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. 100%. And that's why, I mean, that's a lot of the reason why your show is such a gift, right? Because you are giving the gift to, to parents who are leaders. Let, I mean, I'll say that over and over again. If you don't think that you're a leader as a parent, uh, you, you, are. Um, you are. And thank you for being mm-hmm. a leader. Um, but uh, that's why your show is such a gift because um, you hear, you allow parents to hear stories and you allow your listeners to hear stories where they can see themselves in it and maybe and just that feeling that gift of like oh maybe I'm not alone or maybe I am okay or maybe I'm actually doing you know 70% of this right and I should give myself a pat on the back yeah yeah no doubt I mean you know we're not perfect and it's unreasonable to expect anybody to be perfect or have all the answers and and yeah. And the same goes for leaders, you know, and what about like for those of us who feel like, you know, God, I'm just not doing it right. Or I'm screwing up left and right. I'm a terrible leader. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> crawl into a rock. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we are our own worst critics. You know? right. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be more effective in the fetal position. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, ultimately, there's a couple of things I'll say to that. Number one is that I was taught from a very young age that I should be kind to other people. A very young age. But around the age of 32, I was taught to be kind to myself. Mm-hmm. Right? And so that's 31 years of crapping on myself, of thinking I'm not good enough, of, of whatever, like all those kind of things um, that I now need to undo and I'm still working on undoing as I dive deeper into my 30s. Um, and, but it takes a long time to, to, to turn a big boat, 
And like all those years behind me this is a big boat to try to just all of a sudden change my patterns of the way that I talk about myself. Um, and so many of us, even just in small talk, right? Small talk always sounds so negative, right? It's always like, oh, this is dumb. Oh, I'm stupid. Oh, I'm that. This is annoying. This is whatever. Um, even in the way that we have conversations with each other, we feel the need to discredit ourselves before we ever credit ourselves. And we take ourselves out of the game and we start to believe the stories that we're telling ourselves. Um, and I think that's one way that we're really, really hurting ourselves. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, I've, I kind of want to jump into like, how do we start changing these patterns? But you're like, number one, you know, kindness to others. Was there like a number two that you were going to follow with that? Or was that the learning to be kind to yourself was the number two? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so uh, you know, I don't remember. Um, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think. I mean, I think that's that's the first step. Is like, how do we? Uh, how do is is where does grace come in? Where do we allow ourselves to have the grace of messing up and recognizing that? Um, uh, recognizing that these stories that we are writing in our brains aren't helping us. They're hurting us. Um, and so how can you own a little bit of who you are right now um, and, and just be like, okay, here's where I'm at. Let me now grow from here. And so I think that was it. The second thing, boom, there we go. We got there, Robin. Um, <clears throat> the second thing was that, you know, if you do feel like you're stuck, if you do feel like you're not a good leader, quote unquote, um, I would say ask questions right? Like a lot of us are just like, well, I just need to figure it out on my own. And that's not true. There's a lot of forums. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, if you're a leader, for example, a leader in an office, if you're a leader in an office who has never asked the people who follow you, who are under you, how are you doing? Where do they think that you can improve? Um, then you're the blind leading the blind. And so, it's in that moment that we recognize that this is all a team. Um, and so, we have to be constantly getting that feedback, but you have to also own your stuff and know that you are uh, and know that you have to hear that feedback. It can't be like, Hey, I want you to give me feedback so I can become immediately defensive. Is that cool? <laughs> yeah, not really. And, and you know, it's so powerful to be able to come from a, like that humble place of, of opening yourself up to constructive criticism. I mean, like, how can I be better? How can I do this more successfully? Like, how would this work better for all of us, you know, kind of yes. thing. And I think it's to ask that question is really powerful to the people who, you know, you're supposedly leading, you know, yeah. supposed to be leading. Mm -hmm. Especially in a process that you have no idea what you're doing in, like parenting, right? Like, I mean, we can read all the books that we want, but it, I mean, we all know that when that moment happens, you're either, you're, you're either going to do, you're going to make a choice. You're going to go A or B and you have no idea which one's right, but you got to make a choice and you got to move. Um, and, and those moments are really powerful. And so that's where the communication is key in relationships um, and the communication is key in parenting styles. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe you're a single parent, but there's somebody else who's witnessed you parent, like having those conversations are really important um, just because they help us grow and, and they help us learn. And they also help validate us because we're never as bad as we think we are. <laughs> yeah, we are definitely our own worst critic for sure. And, you know, and I want to like just kind of circle back to your point, like, like we don't have to figure all this stuff out on our own. And, you know, being somebody who helps parents talk to their kids about sex, you know, when we were kids growing up, our parents didn't really have great conversations with us about sex and this sort of thing. And so that leaves parents in the situation of where they're really 
figuring this out as they go. They're kind of flying by the seat of their pants. And, you know, part of the reason I do this show is because I want parents to know, like, you're not alone. Like, you don't have to figure this stuff out all by yourself. Like, the idea of, like, trying to figure out all the social media apps that your kids use and how to keep up with all that, like, well, just make your head spin, you know? Like, that's a full-time job all by itself. And it's like, we can't expect parents to do everything on their own. And so that's why it's, it's great that there's resources out there like my show, you know, it's like we just had a conversation on how to keep your kids safe and, you know, the, the coronavirus, you know, apocalypse here with all of, you know, kids being at home on their computers all the time while they're supposed to be doing their schoolwork. They're right. probably doing schoolwork maybe 25% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and who knows what the rest, you know? Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so true. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, it's, and so that kind of brings me back to like that, my original question here before we dove into number two was, um, you know, like, how do we start to shift these patterns of, you know, how we talk to ourselves and, you know, because we, we are our own worst critic. And so like, yeah. how do we start to be a little kinder to ourselves? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, recognizing was the first part, but that's always hard because not all patterns are bad, right? When you think about humans, the human, the human body is a pattern. The human brain is a pattern generating machine. Mm-hmm. Now, for example, if I told you tomorrow, I want you to put your toothpaste on your toothbrush in the opposite direction, you'd be like, hang on, what do I, what, what, why do I normally do this? Right? Like you'd have to pause and think about it. If I told you to then brush your teeth with your other hand, it, you would have to think a lot harder than you normally do because your brain has naturally built a pattern for like that so that you can brush your teeth while you're thinking about your day, while you're being annoyed that you're awake while you're trying to while you're walking around the house yeah while you're cooking breakfast right like <laughs> right? whereas uh-huh. if you did it with your other hand that pattern's broken um right. and and the toothpaste is like thwapping into the sink and so um uh, so we are pattern generating machines and not all those patterns are bad. Um, but some of them some of them are and a lot of times where they are bad is our patterns of thought about ourselves. And so owning them and recognizing them is one of the first parts, right? Like the whole cliche denial is not just a river in Egypt kind of thing. Um, but, uh, but thinking about, uh, thinking about that is a really huge first step. And then once you were able to recognize a pattern, whether it's a, a physical pattern, a pattern of thought, then it's asking yourself the question, is this serving me? Is this pattern serving me right now? And if it is, then let's continue. If it is not serving you, if it is not adding to your life, it is, if it is not making you feel lighter, right? How many of us, how many of us uh, tell ourselves these stories of uh, I'm not cool enough, funny enough, hot enough, rich enough, good enough, successful enough. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a good enough parent. I'm not a whatever that, you know, like all these kind of things. Each one of those little stories is a different brick that you carry, but we owe it to ourselves to live a lighter life. And so we have to start owning the fact that some of those stories are there and be like, is this serving me or is this just shame uh, that I'm just carrying around just because why not make life harder? Yeah, right. (laughs) As if we need to make life harder. (laughs) Let's take a quick commercial break and let's talk a little bit more about the imposter syndrome because that's what I hear you saying is like, oh, I'm not this, I'm not that. So we'll take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back.
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Since we're talking about bucket lists, I want to tell you a little bit about Seize the Moment. It's your life. This home study course is all about creating the life that you desire. So if you feel stuck, uninspired, or unmotivated, if you're not clear about what your next step is in one or more areas of your life, if you've realized that you haven't made any progress towards your dream in years, it's time to change that. Seize the moment, it's your life, will help you find the time for the things that are most important to you. So if you're ready to finish that project, take a trip or learn a new craft, if you're tired of making excuses and holding yourself back, if you are ready to give yourself permission to have it all, Seize the Moment, It's Your Life is for you. You can just go to holisticsexedradio.com, sign up today for Seize the Moment, It's Your Life. It will change your life. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at holisticsexedradio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. So James, let's talk a little bit about the imposter syndrome. I mean, because that's what I hear you saying. I know as an entrepreneur, I have had lots of opportunities where I felt like, oh, I don't know this or I'm not good enough for that. You know, it's like, what do I know about hosting a podcast? You know, these kinds <laughs> of things. And, and so, and I think parents maybe have this you know, quote unquote, imposter syndrome too going on sometimes. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. I think, I think it's a human thing to feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, I think it definitely is real. And so I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example, not non-parenting related of, of, of the most recent time that I've felt imposter syndrome. I'm, I'm a professional speaker and, and I had an opportunity to, to speak to a bunch of uh, doctoral wielding professors um, and their doctoral candidates. I was going to go into a room about 40 people with PhDs and almost PhDs. Uh, and I'm walking in there with a master's. And uh, it doesn't, you know, everybody knows that there's a big difference between a master's and a PhD. And so I was walking in there like, what am I going to teach these absolutely brilliant individuals about? Like, who am I? Like, I should be, I'm always the one in the chair listening to the person with the PhD. I'm not teaching the person with the PhD. And so, uh, but what I had to do in that moment is what I told myself is I was experiencing this imposter syndrome of like, you don't belong in the room. You're not, you're not smart enough to be there. What are you actually going to teach these brilliant people? And that's where imposter syndrome came in. Imposter syndrome is very paralyzing uh, because if you don't think that you're enough, if you don't think you're uh, capable and you don't think you should be in a place, then you, then you hold yourself back and you don't let yourself shine. And so when we, uh, imposter syndrome is paralyzing. But in that moment, I told myself, I was like, well, there's got to be something that I can impart on these individuals. And, and for me, it was like, okay, well, I'm not going to teach them about their area of expertise. Um, I'm not going to offer up a new way to look at that. So instead, what I can do is I know that I can go in there and I can teach them how to engage an audience. 
because what they're what they have learned is so important that they need to be able to deliver it in a really catchy, convincing way. And that is something that I do well. So let me go in there and let me just focus on that. Let me not try to teach them something about themselves. Instead, let me just teach them what I know that I believe will help them get this message out to more people more quickly. Mm-hmm. So what we do when we have ambassador syndrome, whenever we don't think that we are good enough is we must recognize that there are some things that we are in fact good at, right? Uh, and I'm not just looking at like, look, your child's still alive, right? Like, <laughs> like it goes so much, be- <laughs> that, is, that is a definite marker, congratulations. Yeah, um, right? But there are other markers as well. Um, and and uh, for some reason, we don't, uh, we don't convince ourselves that we are good enough um, to be doing this. Uh, and that's because a lot of it's just so unknown and we're all so insecure about things that we don't know. And we're kind of flailing when we don't have that control. But the fact of the matter is, is that we need to punch imposter syndrome in the face because you bring really brilliant things. To the ma- you bring really real brilliant things to your relationship, your relationship with your child, your relationship that you're in with your, with your romantic partner. But either way, you bring something to the table. Um, and we can't forget that, uh, that that's really huge. Yeah. And, you know, as you were talking about, like, how we hold ourselves back or don't let ourselves shine. And it kind of made me, like, think about my childhood where, you know, I was called like a shy child like I was an introvert still am you know kind of thing and I was you know I don't know that necessarily it was imposter syndrome you know or at least not that I'm cognitively aware of but that same kind of like stuffing down of yourself not allowing yourself to shine or like say the things that you might want to say or you know that kind of thing and what, what do you think that's about I think it's maybe self-confidence or what do you think yeah, it could definitely be self-confidence. It could also be, I mean, especially um, uh, I feel for introverts in this extroverted world, right? Mm-hmm, <laughs> it's, like, it's like somebody mm-hmm. needs to shut up for a second. Um, <laughs> and uh, 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 because um, introverts do something that blows my mind. I am an extrovert. I don't know if I hide that well, Robin. Um, but, uh, uh, but, but introverts do something that blows my mind. They think before they speak. <laughs> Mm, imagine uh, you, that. You know how uh-huh. much less trouble I'd be in in my life right now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It could be. It definitely could be imposter syndrome. It depends on the instance. Um, uh, but I think there's also other things that feed into that. Whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, whether it's um, uh, whether it is self confidence. Whether right and like not that it goes down deeper into those like diagnosable things. Sometimes it just is a low self esteem. Um, there's so many different areas that it could be pulling from. A lot of it comes back to how do I talk about myself to myself, right? Like all those things kind of come back to that same idea of how do I talk about myself to myself? Um, and uh, I spent a long time not being kind to myself. Actually, I, I, did, uh, I started doing stand-up comedy back in like 2002, 2001 um, at, while I was in college and uh, to date myself. <clears throat> and uh, I started doing stand-up comedy back then. And a buddy of mine, after doing it for a couple of years, open mics around campus, around town, opening up for comedians that would come to campus, um, a buddy of mine pulled me aside after a couple of years, and he was like, James, he said, I got to be honest with you. He's like, you're really funny. He said, but you, you make fun of yourself a lot on stage. You do a lot of self-deprecating humor, and the audience isn't always laughing, even though they may sound like they are. 
Um, but they're really like sympathy laughs and almost like groans and like, Oh, like we, like we feel bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and that hit me. I was, I'm, first off, thank you to you, my friend for calling me out mm-hmm. um, and, and taking that courage. Like our, I don't think our, our friend, our great friends do that for us. Right. Um, and, uh, but I recognize that like that was off putting. I was taking myself out of the game. Um, we are beautiful pictures, but sometimes we paint them in ways that don't give ourselves credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it kind of brings me back to, um, you know, where you were saying how we're, you know, our, our, our worst critic. And well, also what I was thinking is, you know, being open to that constructive feedback, you know, like your friend felt safe enough to come to you and say, hey, you know, yeah, you're a funny guy, but you know, some of your humor is a little bit, you know, hard to take because you're beating yourself up so much. And, you know, kudos to you for being open to receive that feedback instead of getting defensive and be like, oh, you suck. I'm never talking to you again. (laughs) (laughs) Friendship over. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Game over. You said the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, feedback is really powerful. It is. Um, Mm -hmm. But you're right. We have to be open for it. We're we're not ready to hear feedback from everyone. So we also need to be We also need to be cognizant of who are we ready to hear feedback from. And also we need to be recognizing at what state, who am I bringing to this conversation right now? Mm-hmm. Am I bringing someone who is open and ready and curious, or am I bringing someone who's ready to get defensive and knows they're a failure? Um, and because you're going to hear it so much differently in both instances. And getting feedback is amazing, but there's also a line between asking for feedback a lot and just secretly craving validation. Mm-hmm. And it's important to know what you're asking for. Because it's also okay to ask for validation. Every once in a while, kids like, can you just can you just tell me I'm a good parent? <laughs> can you just like, yeah, right. Tell me you like parenting with me? Can you just tell me like what are things that I that you think I do well? Because right now I feel like I'm doing everything wrong, right? Like it is okay to ask for for validation as well. Um, and and I think that's I think that's important. We need to be clear in our asks mm-hmm. in those places of what do you need right now? Do you just need validation? That's okay. Or do you want some critical feedback? That is also okay. But mm-hmm. what mental state do you bring into that conversation? Yeah, I think that's an important consideration. And then as somebody who is, pro, you know, possibly offering feedback, I think approaching somebody and asking, you know, like, hey, you know, I'd actually like to offer you some feedback, you know, or, you know, are you in a place where, you know, you'd like to hear that or, you know, like ask permission before you just come out and like give your feedback, you know, you yeah. probably down, have boy. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, you're going to probably get a better reception if you ask for permission first, whether, you know, or if somebody's like, you know, feeling really vulnerable after that last performance, you know, like I think I need a little space before I hear some constructive feedback, you know, just, you know, whatever the case may be, yeah. it gives them a chance to, to verbalize where they're at and if they're receptive to that feedback. Yeah, one hundred percent. On my best days, uh, on on my best days with my partner, I ask her uh, when she comes to me with something that she's going through that's that's racking her brain, that's whatever, just you know, just really weighing on her heart. On my best days, I will ask her, "Thank you," or we say, "Thank you for telling me." What do you need from me right now? Do you need a, someone to fix it? Do you need someone to uh, to play devil's advocate? Do you just need empathy right now? Someone to be like, "Damn." 
that sounds like it sucks. Yeah, uh, or you just right. need me to sit here and listen and then not say anything and just nod along and show you that I'm listening. Mm-hmm. What do you need from me right now? Because in my best days, I do that. Because on my non-best days, I, uh, I go back to the way that what I would think I would need in that moment. Mm-hmm. Right? And so that's why, I mean, men, men in general are fixers. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, cool, let me fix that for you. Right. Like pass me the screwdriver. Um, and yeah, in that exactly. stereotypical way. Um, right. So that's, that's my natural move, but they might not be what she needs right now. And so, uh, when I'm able to ask, what do you need from me right now? That's really powerful. And I think in most relationships, uh, most relationships uh, are hurt by un uh, by expectations that we hold people accountable to that they never know we set for them. Yeah, mm-hmm. those unmet expectations that we uh, neglect to communicate in the first yeah. place. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Big problem there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like a third of all disagreements, I think, come from that. You know. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right there with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, too, that question of, you know, what do you need from me right now? And, you know, there's, I think there's two ways that that question could be taken and it might have something to do with like in the way in which it's asked, because one, it could be like that place of compassion. Oh, like, I'm, you know, I actually do want to help you. Like, how can I, you know, help you? And then there's also like that Maybe that not as friendly, maybe a little cycle, uh, a sarcastic place of coming from of like, well, what do you want me to do about it? You know, like, <laughs> what do you need me? What do you need from me? You know, like, what do you I want me to do about this? Right yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So like, so like, there's like that, that, you know, that angel devil, you know, kind of thing, like on one shoulder, it's like, oh, thank God he's asking me. And it's like, oh, are you being critical? Like, what do you mean? Like, what do I need right now? <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh 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 (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I don't know. So I think it may be the whole tone of voice and, you know, also maybe having that place of, you know, where you're having these kinds of conversations where you are actively supporting your partner. And so your partner knows that, Oh, this question is like a genuine, like, Oh, he wants to know, like, what do I actually need right now? And a lot of people might not know what they need. Yeah, for sure. I think one of the best things that couples can do, um, and really any relationship, friendships, any, any relationships, um, one of the best things that people can do is we obviously hear that communication is the success for all marriages. And that's true. Um, but there's a layer deeper. It's c- communicating about how we want to communicate or how we typically communicate is important, right? Like, what are you, how do you, uh, this is a question to ask each other on a good day of like, hey, if I ever had feedback for you, um, how do you like feedback delivered? Like, are you someone that, you know, do you like to put in this? Do you like me to sandwich it? Good, bad, good. Do you like, you know, uh, but communicating about how you communicate of like, hey, I know that when I'm stressed, here's what I typically would need from you. Uh, I know that when I'm angry, I, I'm going to need this much space or I just want to get it all out in the, in, uh, right away. Um, but it takes a little bit of the guessing workout for your partner that we then hold them accountable for guessing wrong, right? Um, and so it just helps us to communicate of like, hey, whenever I am upset with you, what is the best way for me to communicate that with? Mm-hmm. You want to sit, like I know for me, in my relationship, 
one of the best things that we do sometimes when we are uh, in, in a disagreement or at each other's uh, wit's end or whatnot is that we go for a drive um, because for some reason for me, this is kind of interesting thing about men in general, men have more conversations shoulder to shoulder than eye to eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, and so for me going for a drive, I don't know why I just open up more going for a walk. I just open up more as opposed to like sitting there and taking it on the nose. There's probably something in there that we can unpack later, but I don't want you right now, Robin. Um, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, but still like knowing that kind of thing is important. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there that I would love to just go deeper in. So we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Since we're talking about bucket lists, I want to tell you a little bit about Seize the Moment. It's your life. This home study course is all about creating the life that you desire. So if you feel stuck, uninspired, or unmotivated, if you're not clear about what your next step is in one or more areas of your life, if you've realized that you haven't made any progress towards your dream in years, it's time to change that. Seize the moment, it's your life, will help you find the time for the things that are most important to you. So if you're ready to finish that project, take a trip or learn a new craft, if you're tired of making excuses and holding yourself back, if you are ready to give yourself permission to have it all, Seize the Moment, It's Your Life is for you. You can just go to holisticsexedradio.com, sign up today for Seize the Moment, It's Your Life, it will change your life. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. Welcome back, everybody. So, James, I, you know, just that, all that last stuff that you just said, it just got my mind really going like crazy. And I recently had uh, an experience where my partner called me and, I, you know, I just love the idea of asking your partner, like, you know, when I'm stressed or when I'm angry, like, this is what, you know, you can do to help support me through that kind of thing. And having that conversation in advance, of course, is always most useful. And I recently had a situation where my partner had a terrible, basically a terrible week. And at another bad day, another situation, he dropped and broke his phone, you know, it's just one thing that the final straw, you know, and he's just like, he called me up and he's like, I'm so pissed right now. It's like, I just broke my phone. The screen isn't working. Like I just like blew up on this and I'm just, I'm having a really shitty time right now. And I just needed to call and vent, you know? And at first I was like, when I, when he first got on the phone, like I could instantly tell like something was up. And so I just let him, you know, say what he needed to say. And then he's like, yeah, I just needed to vent. 
and I'm going to go and like deal with my shit now, you know? And I was like, and at the time I was like, I didn't exactly know how to respond. You know, I was like, okay, he's really upset. Oh no. His phone is like ruined. You know, it's like, and I was just glad that I could be a place where he could come and vent. But afterwards, after we got off the phone, I was like, oh, I didn't hear whether he got to find out why his parents were calling and the phone got dropped in the process of him trying to get it and this kind of stuff. And so I didn't like ask the question of like, did you find out what your parents wanted? Like, why are they calling you repeatedly? And, you know, this kind of stuff. And as I was thinking about it afterwards, you know, it's like, I didn't really know how to best support him or handle that. And so I love what you were just saying of like, have these conversations, you know, beforehand, like, if I'm angry, you know, and I call you and just need a place to vent, this is what you can do to help support me, you know, type thing. So I just, I really love that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's tough to know because, I mean, we want to be helpful. We want to be helpful to the people that we love. We want to carry their weight. We want to, we want to do all those things. But in that moment, I applaud your partner. I mean, he was clear. He's like, I just need to vent. Mm-hmm. Right? Like he told you exactly what he needed in that moment. It would shout out. A lot of men don't do that. Um, and, uh, and, and yes, there is. Is there more that you could have done that you could have asked? Sure. But you did in that moment exactly what he needed you to do, which is also pretty beautiful. Um, but sometimes where it's like, well, did I do enough? Right. And it's like, you know. Did I do the right thing? Right. And we kind of like, we start to build out the story as opposed to very transparently. He was like, I just need an event. Thank mm-hmm. you. I got to go figure this out. Like, it yep. wasn't like, thank you. You've been like 30% helpful. Take care. <laughs> um, right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's interesting the way that we hear that sometimes mm-hmm. like, oh, did I do enough? Um, should I believe them when they said that they did that I did exactly what they wanted me to do? Um, yeah, it, it, it's interesting. It's a tough place to be because we look at things through our own lenses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and it's true, like we want to support our partners, our kids, you know, and and, you know, quote unquote, do the right thing. And we don't always know what that right thing is. And so that's where I just love you know, having that communication beforehand, like, oh, if I'm having a really bad day and I call you and, you know, say I need to vent, that's all I need to do is listen. That's all. <laughs> like, that's oh, oh man, honey, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm, so, and then is there anything else that you want to say about that? Because I kind of want to like, like, just totally like jump to a new subject here. So I just want to kind of make sure we're, we're wrapped up here. Take a left, Robin. I'm ready. Alrighty, I'm ready. All right. So here we go. <laughs> so we're talking a lot about leadership. And so I want to talk a little bit about like how we can help our kids develop leadership skills and qualities. Sure. I love that. Um, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> That's such an interesting thing because so many of us have different ideas of what leaders are, right? Like who are leaders? Um, But one of the most powerful things that I think we need to admit right up top is that we know that leading by example is one of the greatest ways to impart leadership skills. Yeah. And if you don't believe that you're doing a good job parenting, uh, A, you're lying to yourself, um, (laughs) but B, um, you are the role model that your child needs. Because you're, you don't, you, your child does not need to see perfection because they're never going to be able to achieve perfection, right? So how are you setting them up for success? And so you, um, parenting exactly the way you need to, 
yeah, are you going to say something that they're going to remember for the rest of time? Probably. <laughs> uh, but you're also going to say something really good that they remember for the rest of time as well. Um, and so I think that's one of the first steps is recognizing that, uh, you know, leading by example and leading as a fellow human being is really huge um, mm-hmm. because it, that, that's a really big step. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I would add to that too, like that whole piece of perfection, like when kids get into that, I either have to do it perfect or I can't do it. You know, it basically sets up kids who are afraid to try because they don't want to fail. Yes. And failure is the stepping stones to success. Like you said in the very beginning, you know, somebody who, you know, started a job and three years later became CEO. It's like, you know, in that journey, there was failures along the way. And, you know, there's, that's part of the stepping stones to success. And it's important, I think, to make kids realize that, you know, yeah. perfection is not all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And, and reminding people that we are resilient mm-hmm. um, and reminding your, your kids that they are resilient. They've been through things, they've come out the other side and they are okay. Even if the examples that you have to use seem super minute in life, it's like, well, remember, uh, you know, remember when we lost your stuffed animal and you thought you were never going to be able to get get over that, and then you know, uh, but like here you are, two years later, and you're fine, and it turns out it is okay. Like like even like a dumb example of that is an illustration of resilience. Um, and if we do not believe that we are resilient, then we'll be less likely to try, less likely to start, and less likely to love. Um, and so teaching our kids resilience is, is, is a powerful thing, um, but there is no resilience when there is no failure. Um, and so where are you letting your kids slip, struggle, um, and then having a conversation with them about like, hey, let's talk about what happened there. Um, that processing piece is where those lessons get cemented in. Um, and so I think that's one of the biggest things too, right? Is where are we allowing ourselves? It's, it's tough because we just want something to happen, like just get it done. And so the idea of like, let me take the time to have a critical thinking exercise with my child right now. Um, it's like, you know, the, the water's boiling, the other kid's crying, the dog's got to go out. You're like, this is a moment for a critical thinking time or do I just need to smack a lesson into this person? And by smack, I mean verbal. Um, but, uh, but still, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's tough. But those moments where we get people to think about it is important. Um, because it's those critical thinking moments that actually are causing the brain to work. Um, and, and those are the things that are more sticky for, mm-hmm. over time. Mm-hmm. And let's talk a little bit about critical thinking. You know, I know it's, it's so important. It's a real skill. And yet it's not necessarily taught unless you're like in a college course about it kind of thing. Um, can you talk a little bit about critical thinking and how parents can teach their kids to think critically about some of the things that they might be hearing. Like in the news, we recently heard um, some pretty crazy shit, which I don't even think I want to repeat (laughs) 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 because uh, people could hurt themselves doing it. But, you know, like in a situation like that where, you know, you're being given information that is really against what we've been taught, you know, um, I'm a little older than you are. I don't remember if you remember Mr. Yuck stickers. <laughs> I, I do not, but that's a great name. <laughs> yeah. So Mr. Yuck stickers were these stickers that we would bring home from school to put on like cleaning supplies and things like that. That go like, say, for example, under the sink and you, we would teach our kids that, you know, these things are poisonous and we don't ingest them. And, and so, 
you know, like, like when you hear something that just sounds so off the wall, like how can kids, like how can we teach our kids to think critically about something that they might be hearing from their friends or off YouTube and figure out if what they're hearing is true? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is hard. I mean, a lot of this is, uh, some of it goes back to science and just the way the brain develops um, and, and the way the brain develops. And when, you know, when do we start to understand logic? When do we start to understand critical, like all those kind of things. So there's some of those that are scientifically in a timeline. Um, I'm no expert there. I just, that's as much as I know. So let's not go deeper. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, but a lot of it is, is the kind of questions that you ask. Um, where if we are able to ask questions with a genuinely curious tone and then give the space to answer, a lot of times what I've seen, uh, and a lot of times what I've seen some parents do is that they don't give their children the time to answer questions, mm-hmm. right? Instead, uh, and the way they ask the question, there's a very clear answer, mm-hmm. right? Like by space on, do you think you were supposed to do that? Right, yeah, like, right? Like, like that kind of thing, mm-hmm, right? It's like there's mm-hmm. a clear answer here right. um, and it's a little bit of shaming in there. Um, right. And, uh, and I, I get it. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not faulting parents. Uh, I, I know that I'm going to do that. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but ultimately, asking the questions of why and how, I think are powerful questions. Um, you know, the why, why does that matter? Why do you think we do this? Why do you think, uh, why do you think you made that choice? And then giving them the space to think and listen um, is important. Uh, giving, excuse me, giving, uh, giving them the space to respond, you the space to listen is critical. Um, and that's, that's easier said than done, um, especially when, when, it, when, when someone knows that they did something wrong, they don't want to talk more about it, mm-hmm. right? They just like, I want to get out of this situation. It's like, right. can I just go back to whatever the hell I was doing before or literally anything else? Or can you send me to another room, right? I know that for me, whenever I know that I've upset, uh, when I've upset my wife, um, there are times that I'm just like, I don't want to sit in this conversation right now. I would like to be anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same thing. Um, kids have those same tendencies. Uh, and so, but those, I think, I think over, asking more open-ended questions and giving the space to respond uh, is, is key. And then also attempting to check your tone uh, when you can, even though when our patience is thin, that's hard. That's really hard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's so true. Like when a, when a kid feels like they're in trouble, like, the, and, or spouse, whatever the case may be, like, but at kids in particular, like they'll say anything to get out of that room. You know, it's like, I, you know, I've run into kids who, you know, who will lie, who will say what the parents who want, you know, what they think the parent wants to hear in order to remove themselves from that situation to prevent the parent, you know, because they're dependent on their parent for survival. And so, you know, I mean, there's a little bit of survival wired into all of that too. You know, it's like you want to get out of the situation that's uncomfortable where the person that you're dependent on is upset with you or whatever. And, you know, I love that whole open-ended question, like, why did you do that? Why does it matter? And there's been lots of, you know, you know, instances in my childhood where if my parents had asked me why I did something, they might have discovered information that would have been very useful for them mm-hmm. when, when they didn't and, you know, were just, you know, set on punishing and, you know, this kind of thing, like they didn't get any of that juicy information that probably would have been really beneficial for them to have. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's such, it's so interesting. 
Um, it's, it's just such a balance between uh, patients wanting to be a teacher uh, and wanting them to survive and not hurt themselves or get hurt or anything like that. It's just the, the battle of protection versus education uh, is, is uh, it's, it's such a battle inside parents' brains. Yeah, it's, it's totally a balancing act for sure. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we will dive into this some more. Stay tuned. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Since we're talking about bucket lists, I want to tell you a little bit about Seize the Moment. It's your life. This home study course is all about creating the life that you desire. So if you feel stuck, uninspired, or unmotivated, if you're not clear about what your next step is in one or more areas of your life, if you've realized that you haven't made any progress towards your dream in years, it's time to change that. Seize the moment, it's your life, will help you find the time for the things that are most important to you. So if you're ready to finish that project, take a trip or learn a new craft, if you're tired of making excuses and holding yourself back, if you are ready to give yourself permission to have it all, Seize the Moment, It's Your Life is for you. You can just go to holisticsexedradio.com, sign up today for Seize the Moment, It's Your Life, it will change your life. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. Hey everyone, we're back. So James, do you have any like tips for parents um, as far as you know being a leader in their household or maybe for kids who they want to um, you know, encourage leadership skills in? Yeah, for sure. I think there's a couple of things. Um, I, I think that uh, first off, as we mentioned right at the top of this show, uh, trying to be clear is important. Um, uh, trying to be clear with with expectations, uh, with with wants, with uh, uh, cl- cl- clarity and consistency are always helpful. Um, and and they are they are the systems that are that our households are sometimes built on. Um, so I think those things, as much as you can be, is really important. Uh, and then I, I think also uh, responsibility. Um, taking responsibility and and letting your child know, uh, or if you're in other leadership roles, um, letting those around you know that like, hey, um, maybe I didn't make the best choice here, um, but here's what here's what we're going to do instead, and here's what I've learned from it, and now let's keep it moving. Um, it can't be a constant shame hole of you just beating yourself up around everybody around you and apologizing. I'm not saying that, um, but what I am saying is that taking responsibility is also really powerful because that's something that you can lead by example with your children as well. Um, and there are times where I can remember that my parents definitely did that, and there's times where they didn't do that and, and the different ways that I thought about them. 
Um, so I think those are, those are two of the biggest things because a lot of times one of the most important skills in, related, in leadership is relatability. Because when we see ourselves in someone else, we believe that we can. And so where are the places where you are also sharing stories? Stories of times where you messed up, where you had your heart broken. I remember I broke up with a girlfriend of mine in, uh, in, 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 in college, and she was my first long-term partner, and, and I was talking to my parents, and, and they both started telling me about some of their breakup stories, and I was like 22 or something like that, and in the back of my head, I was like, oh, Right you two were like probably in other relationships before you met each other. You weren't just put on this earth to come together and have me and my brothers. Um, You've actually lived some life. And there was so much power in that moment where they shared me some of those, shared with me some of those stories, both for how they were applicable to my current situation, but also to me being able to see them as fellow human beings with, with learned wisdom. Um, not just, uh, not just, well, this is just how it is. Cause I say, this is how it is. Um, and so imparting some of those stories and to me, not imparting, sharing some of those stories is really important as well. What are times where your friendships maybe didn't go as well? And what are times where, uh, you know, they, you had to make a decision of like, maybe this person isn't going to be my friend or maybe they are. What's the time where you lost something that meant a lot to you? Uh, maybe, maybe someone stole your baseball card collection, share that story of how that felt um, and those emotions because your kids will see themselves in those emotions. The people who follow you will see themselves in those stories and they will be a little bit more sticky than, well, this is just what I said is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And again, asking permission to like share those stories and experiences, especially like if you're, if you have a teenager at home, it will definitely increase the likelihood that they'll be receptive to um, hearing those stories. Cause I know a lot of teenagers have resistance in that area. Oh, I already know. Whenever I have a teenager, I already know they're going to hate me. So we're going we're gonna to figure that out because I'm coming with these stories, Robin. You better sit, out, <laughs> sit by the fire now. That's sit down right. by the fire. Have yourself That's a chocolate right. milk. Because <laughs> we are going to have story time. You know, and I think, you know, sharing of those stories, you know, especially because like when I was a kid, like I didn't get to hear like a lot of the stories from my dad and you know his brothers and things like that and then when I was older you know we heard stories you know like the one room schoolhouse how they used to hide on the roof from the teacher you know it's like those would have been funny stories when I was a kid you know of course they Mm -hmm. maybe didn't want to plant those seeds in a child like mine however but you know (laughs) (laughs) but at the time you know I was like oh those would have been like fun stories to know about and you know it's like a whole nother side of my dad that I never knew you know kind of thing and and i think you know a lot of parents don't share those stories and i don't really know why maybe it's it's because they don't want to plant those seeds because yeah we all were a little crazy and we don't necessarily want our kids to be crazy following in our footsteps but uh, we're afraid what's going to blow up in our faces (laughs) yeah it's like oh i was a wild child i don't want my child to be as wild as i was yeah (laughs) they will be (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the apple doesn't far, fall far from the tree, right? <laughs> uh, so what else can parents do? Like if, if they wanted, like, say, to help their kids become better leaders, like what kind of things could they do to help foster those qualities? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, some of those things are, uh, you know, where, where can they start to – leadership involves teamwork, right? And so where are the places where um, – 
parents can get their kids invested in something that ideally has a team atmosphere um, because leadership isn't a solo act. That's just you out for a walk by yourself. Um, and uh, <clears throat> so, so instead, you know, in some of those team atmospheres, and maybe it's, maybe it's a class, maybe it is, um, you know, maybe it's a sport, maybe it's a, a theater, maybe it's a whatever, um, but are there places where we can encourage them to take on some leadership roles? I'm like, hey, why don't you run for something? Um, or, or the opposite side is if they don't want to do that, then have them critically think about like, well, how do you think your coach is doing? How do you think your, how do you think the president of that organization that you're in is doing? How do you think the, uh, you know, the, the assistant teacher is doing in that Taekwondo class? What do you like about the way they teach? What do you not like about the way they teach? And getting them to kind of critically think of like, oh, this is working and this isn't working because reverse role models are often just as powerful as role models. Um, right. The people who taught us, well, I'm never going to do it that way. Mm -hmm. um, those are, I mean, I wrote, I wrote a whole book based on a reverse role model. <laughs> right. What not to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, so yeah. So I think creating moments where we can put people into those places where they are truly starting to try out leadership, whether they're calling it or not, whether they're calling it leadership or not. Um, it's like, hey, how are you? How are you supporting your teammates right now? How are you supporting your fellow uh, actors in the in the play? How are you? You know, how are you, you know, helping people out with certain things? Those kind of things are, are little like tastes of leadership um, mm -hmm. that all kind of fold in uh, to developing a leadership style. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's awesome. Cool. So, James, I know we mentioned your book a, a couple times here. So, let's talk a little bit about your free gift because you are giving away a free, your, actually, what, the first chapter of your book? It's going to be the first three chapters, actually. The oh, intro, whoa. the first couple of chapters. Right um, and yeah, why not? Let's go. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so I'm excited. Yeah, there, there'll be a link, I, I think, in, uh, in, in the show notes or whatnot yes. mm -hmm. um, where uh, you can check it out. Give me your email address, and then, that, and then that'll send you right to your uh, right to an opportunity to download, download the, that book. Um, so I'm really excited for you to check it out. It's called Leading Imperfectly, The Value of Being Authentic uh, for Leaders, Professionals, and Human Beings. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's a lot about, we talked about a number of those key points today, but this idea that we can't learn from people who are perfect, we can only learn from people who are imperfect. And so how are we sharing those stories? Um, so yeah, I'm really excited for you all to check it out. If you like the way I talk, you'll love the book. If you hate the way I talk, don't, don't look it up because I write the way I talk. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yes. And we will put that link in the show notes for everybody. And yeah, definitely. So cool. Thank you so much for being here today. It's been a real pleasure having you on the show. Yeah, for sure. I'm so excited. Thanks so much for everybody uh, out there listening. And thank you, Robin, for this gift that you give uh, to so many parents. Thank well, you. Thank you so much. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Thank you for spending some of your precious time with us today. While these conversations may be difficult at times, the rewards are well worth it. We have the power to change the world by what we teach our kids. Join host Robin LaCrosse next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another thought-provoking conversation. Thank you and have a beautiful day.